Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, MJ. I realize that that is not my line, but I am flying solo again. It's like on a plane. It's like a plane on final destination, you know, because we're not, we're headed nowhere fast. I'm just kidding. Um, it's me today, just solo. And I'm super excited because this is going to be a spooky, amazing, dark, gritty podcast episode. And you know, your girl is the lover of all things dark. We're going to be talking to one of my favorite authors today. I adore her work. I think that she is so extremely talented. Her books are literally phenomenal. And I, when I first read her, they are some of the first books that I first read that really got me into like the dark psychological thriller side of romance. So I'm really amped to talk to her. Um, I guess a few things before we get up in her interview. Um, I'm trying to think. Stevie's usually the one who's really good at doing it. Stevie knows book world stuff. I just, I'm just, you know, here. I'm just the pretty, I'm just, I'm just the com- com- comedic relief, as I have said before. Um, some, okay, I guess I can tell you guys about some stuff I've read lately. Let me just, I know that on the last episode we talked about it. Um, let me see if I read anything else that I haven't. Um, I told you guys about just like heaven. Mm. The Edge of Serenity by Kristen Turnage. I read that a few, like a few months ago. Oh my God, that is just such a good book. It's, 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 you know, contemporary romance, but it's got so much angst and it is just uh, so good. So tonight I can recommend that. I finally started Kings of Quarantine and I am liking it, but then I saw this thing on TikTok where, shit, what is the name of that? Those books. Um, I'll have to look it up, but it's about the four guys, like something about like, lords of pain i think that's it i saw that on tiktok and i was like oh god that looks really good too um i'm reading the fallen genesis the fallen genesis by tilly cole and that's pretty good right now uh it's a vibe i'm digging it i'm digging it uh and i think that that's like the last thing that i have read other than that i've just been working on book two in the hollow boy series if you haven't read book one you can go check it out it's live on all platforms um so you can go check that out other than that, we still have our anniversary episodes up, so make sure you go and look at those. We also have the indie author panel on the YouTube if you want to see my dad flex for Jen Sterling. That was, you know, a great traumatizing time for me, but it was fun, and the authors gave some really important information that I think that doesn't get talked a lot about in the indie author community, and I think it's be super beneficial to people who are just starting out or want to, you know, uh, become authors. So other than that, I think that is it, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and read the intro for the author that we're going to be talking to and that I'm going to be talking to, and then we're going to hop right on into it. So USA Today bestselling romantic thriller author, Trisha Wolf from an early age dreamed up fictional worlds and characters and was accused of talking to herself. Today, she lives in South Carolina with her family and writes full-time using her fictional worlds as an excuse to continue talking to herself. Let's go over and chat with Trisha Wolf.
Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Trisha Wolf, welcome, welcome. Hi, Monty J. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. Listen, it is an honor. Okay. I literally love you. Okay. I like to break the ice by asking like how the weather is where you're at. It's like such like a formal question before we get into like the nitty gritty. Um, it's actually pretty humid here. So I live on um, a resort island and mm. it's, it's always humid except for like maybe two months out of the year. <laughs> oh my God. I want to live on a resort island. I it sounds here. better than it is though. Um, you know, there's, there's the other side of that. I actually rarely, since 2020, I've rarely left my house, to be honest. Oh my goodness. It's like that new TV show I just started watching, Midnight Mass. Like they all live on this island. Is it good? I was going to start uh, watching it. I literally watched three episodes last night and forced myself to turn it off because I'm really bad for like binging things, you know? Yes. So I forced myself physically because I was like, I have to get up and write tomorrow. I cannot stay up and watch this all night, but it is so good so far. All right, then I'm going to try it. So it was on there, but when I went into editing mode, I'm like, I cannot get into anything because I'm, I'm the same way. I yeah. will not stop until it's done. So I have to focus on the book. Something about like my ADHD and anxiety, if I leave like a show unfinished, like I just feel like the world is going to come to an end, you know? <laughs> like I don't know what happened, you know? I need to know everything. Right. So I totally understand. All right, so we are going to jump right into questions about your books. Um, and I'm going to start with the series that I actually... Well, do it that I actually found you. Like this is the this is the first books I ever read by you. And I tell everyone I ever met that the first you're the first person that got me into like psychological romance thrillers. Okay, Yay. because up to that point I had been reading like dark romance, but it was like I want to say like on the darker side of like uh, like the sexual portion of it. But like this was the first thing I had read that was like this is some deep shit here, people. <laughs> I was like this is crazy. And I recommend this book to anybody who's like, oh, I'm looking for something like new dark. And I'm like, bro, he's a psychopath. And it's like, no joke. No so much. So I love this Born Darkly and Born Madly duet. And starting off with the first, um, it's everything I look for in a dark romance. I feel like it's everything anybody should look for in a dark romance. It's like chef kisses. I've got like the anxiety from being like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Okay. But also like you have, like where you focus on like the romance and you're also like, oh my God, swoon, I'm dead, you know? So, but, so Grayson Sullivan, AKA my baby daddy is the angel of Maine and a serial killer that is not like your typical male hero. And what inspired Grayson or I guess more so like the idea of this story? You know, it's so weird. I get asked that question. I think every author, like you, you know, too, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like you yet get asked that question. Um, I kind of just blank <laughs> at that point. Because <laughs> when I go to write a book, I don't actually, I'm a pantser from hell. Like, oh I, I won't even lie. I've tried plotting. I, I've tried writing things down. It never works. Um, for this story in particular, I knew I wanted to write something dark. And psychological thrillers are my favorite genre. So I knew that I was going to do that. Other than that, I had an image in my head where I had this woman. We don't know why she's standing on this rock or standing wherever she's standing. She's reaching for a key. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know why she's doing it. I don't know where she's at. I don't know what her circumstances are, but it, it was just such this like visceral image in my head that I couldn't get out. And I'm like, I want to write a story about that. Like just yeah. this one scene. So I actually built the whole story around the ending scene in the book. So I started with that. I made it my prologue, had no idea what it was going to be epic. about. 
And then I just said, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to have this character. Um, you know, I'm going to introduce her. I didn't know anything about her. For most of the part, like I'm heavy when I write, I'm heavy on um, plotting. Yeah. As you can probably tell, like I, I actually write the whole book and I focus on plotting out the book, um, moving the action forward, moving the scenes forward, um, making sure I tie up all the connections, loose threads. And then I actually go back through and I try to figure out what the character motivation is. And then I go through and I layer in, at, like, I actually have little stick figures just walking around my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> they have no personality. They, they talk with no personality because yeah. I'm so heavily focused on the plot um, that the character actually doesn't come through. Well, I mean, as I'm building the story, usually by the time I get to the middle of it, I have an idea of who these characters are and what they're going to do. Yeah. But I don't actually fully flesh the characters out and their motivation until I get to the editing part. My gosh, that is like, and I think you, I genuinely believe that I can tell, like I can tell when I read it because no, I think like the characters are obviously very fully developed and I think, but that is crazy to me because I feel like your books are very like heavily characterly influenced, you know, like that's like insane to me that you do well, that. I appreciate that. Um, I actually have my critique partner and my beta readers go through because I'm the one thing that I really sorely lack at is romance. Um, I just, I'm so focused on making these connections and, and with the plot and all the stuff that um, I will literally say like in my books when I'm writing it, like, okay, like they kiss or something, like I'll smash their heads together and then I'll quickly move on. <laughs> or move like, okay, and then they bang. Okay, and then and they're like, no, 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 no. You gotta like slow it down. I'm like, okay, so he lifted up her skirt. No, we wanna see him lift. Like they literally have to walk <laughs> me through. I literally love that. I'll tell you right now, you aced it in all categories because when I read this, I think it's a very character driven story, which is like, when you said that, I was like, what? That's insane. But well, also- the thing is, is, once you get the plot there and you have all that worked out and the characters kind of introduce themselves to you, it's like later on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why they're doing that. Or so, like, I will actually, yeah. I have to force myself to stop editing. And then even like three years later, I went back and I had an idea with Born Darkly. I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, oh my God, he totally should have said that right there. And I'll go in and edit it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh my god yes I literally when I finished this book I was like I swear to because I realized it was a duet before and I usually don't read duets because if I don't check that like the duet is out okay because it stresses me out on a high level okay because I can't I'm impatient and I didn't check and I didn't even think I knew it was a duet when I started it and then at the end you have like the little thing like oh like the next book coming and I was like excuse me I was like I swear to god if this book is not already out I'm going to harass this lady for like an art copy or something of that nature and I'm a slow releaser too like it I it takes me a while to get books done so well I think it works for you because this is like one of my favorite duets ever okay so we have the brilliant London noble who is a psychologist and like has like this terrible painful past and I was like these characters are just like, I love them. And for like, when I was reading, I felt like this was a huge connecting point for them almost like where she had like this super like bad pat, like past spot for her or whatever. And I kind of think that they understood each other in that scale. And I really liked how you like, I don't know. It was like almost like they didn't have to say it, but it was like there, like you felt it in the air in the tension. And I loved it. So like, Thank what was one quality that you knew you had to give London in order to make her fit for Grayson? You know what? Like I said, for some reason, I have a hard time when I'm first writing the book with character motivation. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm just writing a book and I'm like, what the hell is their motivation? I'm supposed to be a professional. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
but for her, I think what really kind of stuck out with me was the fact that, okay, so I'm very much involved in like, I love studying psychology. Um, I love trying to work it into everything that I write. And with her, I loved Grayson being like obsessed with her. It's yeah. kind of like you have when you when when you're this character and like you're, you're and you have a psychopathic nature, it's like you can get an obsession for no reason at all. Most obsessions don't make sense, mm-hmm. and we don't understand really why he's obsessed with her. But I think that the biggest factor with him was showing her what her truth was, because we're all a little bit liars. Okay, everybody lies yeah. to themselves on some scale. Um, we lie a little bit, we lie a lot of it. But London, she lied a lot of it. Yeah. Okay, so I, I was fascinated with how you can actually truly convince your psyche to believe a whole other reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he became obsessed with, um, with her. And it wasn't so much like it's love, falling in with love, um, but I think there's different kinds of love. I think a form of obsession can be love, you know, anything you get yeah. in And I think that was the driving force with them is that he was so obsessed with her because she was just this person out there and she was living this lie and he was obsessed with showing her what that truth was. I love it. I, I love it. This makes me so excited. <laughs> I can't even deal. And you were also saying, so I go to the library. Okay. And if you go to like certain sections, like some libraries, they have um, like copies of books that are like given like in college courses. Right. And you can like rent them mm-hmm. out or you can buy them. I'm obsessed with like going and buying shit from that aisle and I actually like have this one and it's like serial murders and their victims seriously it's like the best thing ever I'll send you a picture of it so you can like get it but you can get it online for like I think it's like $15 but when I tell you this book has given me more information about the human like a serial killers I'm like I need this in my life (laughs) I'm so serious you would love it and I think I also like, cause I'm not a professional, but I, I have, uh, I went to school for psychology. I'm not a professional. I don't really know. Oh, I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm not like a professional, but, and I, but I do consider myself a true crime documentary professional. Okay. Like I watch way more shit about this than I really need to. Like the FBI definitely has me on a watch list, like for sure. <laughs> so I think what I really enjoyed was like the, um, like the accuracy of everything. And that's like in moving on to like Born Madly. And I love that you did not sugarcoat Grayson because I feel like a lot of authors, I don't want to say chicken out, but I guess they get nervous that readers are not going to like that. He like Grayson is still like, he's still a psychopath. Like he very much, like he cares about her. It it wasn't fair and it wasn't authentic to say, oh, he was a born psychopath, but all of a sudden he falls in love and now everything's daisy. That's not realistic. People don't typically stop becoming a psychopath. So you have to say like, well, how is this acceptable to romance readers? Um, You know, how can we, and there was times, there was times during born uh, darkly when I, I actually sent it to my critique partner and she read, um, after the labyrinth key scene yeah and she read that and she's like this is da 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 for titillation she's like you can't do this <laughs> I didn't like do it send it I don't care <laughs> and, I, and I was kind of with her on that I was like you know what you're right this is probably gonna get banned or it's I'm like so how can I sneak that past the, the you know the guards the, the yeah. of Amazon how can I write this in a way that will be acceptable and I think that that honestly comes down to again character motivation yeah if yeah. you are invested in those characters like if you are completely invested in characters you can pretty much make them do anything and the reader will be like okay give me more yeah, um, yeah. but it, it so it's kind of like that like by the time that they got to that scene 
if they're not invested with the characters, if they're not reading with them, if they're not understanding their personality, their psyche, then yeah, they're not going to be on board with it. But if yeah. they are, you can go to some pretty dark places. <laughs> I know. And that's why I was like, it's like, listen, I'm like, it's like, you know, when you're watching like those like television shows where like the bad guy is like attractive and you're kind of like, you're like, but I mean, like, I know he's a bad guy, but yeah. You know, like, I mean, there are, you know, whatever. And you're like making excuses in your head. You're like, I know it's not right, but I mean. This happens to girls on a very young age, I think. Like there is, oh my God, what came out? There was something that came out the other day and I saw it and I was like, wow, I was really young when I watched this, but I was kind of in fashion. He's a bad person. Like, why would I like this? But, you know, but we do you know we're we're attracted to that stuff at a very early age i wrote a paper actually it wasn't like a thesis or anything but i wrote a paper and we were supposed to like show what like uh like psychological things that happened to us as young kids that you think imprinted on you as you got older and i wrote a paper because i'd read an article about how like when girls are told at a really young age that like if a boy pulls your piggy tails he likes you when you're in kindergarten right and like your parents tell you that at a young age and i feel like that you know if you were told that so many times that that's why girls always choose the bad boy or the guy that treats them like crap because psychologically we think without even like thinking like subconsciously we feel like okay if he's mean to us that means he likes us and we use that psyche our whole life and that's why like women enjoy the bad boy and in Mm. romance we can have the bad boy but also like the redeeming qualities that usually don't come in real life right that's what always makes me upset too when other men or even other women out there are like how can you say you know how can you read this stuff when it's so toxic it's so bad for you and it's like because it's fantasy because it's a safe place we're not saying that we want our hair well I don't know some of us do you know I mean whatever you know whatever whatever you do Right, exactly. But, you know, or like collared or choked or like almost like, you know, killed or I'm sorry, murder for titillation or whatever is your, yeah. your thing. Um, but it's a safe place. It's a safe place, just like with movies or with shows. Um, you don't, you're not going to go out there and murder people or, you Absolutely. know, do these things, or at least I don't know. I hope you don't. But, um, you know, it's a safe space. You know, yeah. you're allowed to explore those things and feel these things without trying, without having to be shamed for it. Yeah. And I literally have this conversation with like anybody ever because I like darker romance. Okay. Like I don't, I, I enjoy contemporary. There are um, select few authors that I will like read no matter what, but I enjoy the darker side of romance. And I argue this all the time that it's like, when I feel like romance authors get shit on because they're like oh like I'm writing you're promoting this you're promoting men like this and it's like okay but if I was Stephen King and I write about somebody getting like slaughtering a whole child like a whole school uh he's not promoting you go do that like nobody's saying he's promoting murder or that this person's promoting like you know, like whatever, but it's like, oh, a, if a romance author does it, we're automatically promoting it. It's like, no. Right. Not I, I feel it. like we're going to fight that battle forever. Oh, I'll it, fight it hard on like the front steps of like a Capitol building with a sign and shit. I'll promote it. I don't even care. Like I will fight <laughs> that shit, no joke. Um, So I want to know like what it was like to be in that headspace for their final book, because that shit was like, she was intense. No, I feel like not only were we dealing with Grayson's dark side, because like we we knew about his in book one, right? We're also dealing with London's at this point because I was like, I was like, damn, 
I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, well, so, she has to come to a, a point, um, you know, of acceptance for who she is. And uh, I think the hardest part for that one was because, I don't know, like, Born Darkly, things split around. Um, Born Darkly was such a tight book. Like, honestly, it probably could have been a st standalone. Like, if I would have changed the ending just a little bit, it would have been able to stand on its own. But, um, you know, you, you got marketing, you got other things, you got things telling you, no, 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 standalones don't sell. So it's like, I actually had to try to invent all <laughs> other second book, <laughs> the one that I had already wrapped up in my head. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where the in introduction of the FBI agent, I, I know it's usually bad to introduce like a third type character, mm -hmm. but I felt like in order for them to become, I wanted to take them where they were this kind of like these enemies in the first book. And I wanted yeah. to make more of a duo kind of like a psychopath duo team yeah um, I was and like, yeah. if they're teaming, they need their own like villain of sorts okay yeah so that's where the inter you know i had to introduce another character into that um and honestly i'm not even gonna lie there's certain things that if this was geared to be just a psychological thriller mm -hmm. i would have done things differently but because it's on the romance uh market um yeah things had to change so I caught that's one of my biggest battles on um, there and you will read some of my books where it's like I just lose control there's no one to like rein me back in and that shit will go all the way like psychological thriller and I will have romance readers they will email me and contact me and they're like I don't understand and I'm like I'm sorry that's not on you it's yeah. my fault I I tried to feed you a psychological thriller on on the romance market and I've made that mistake before. hey I'll do it send them to me if I, I'll read them <laughs> Like I said, nothing to do with the reader it's my fault I should have a pen name I should write psychological thrillers underneath that and I should have Trisha Wolf write you know the romance books um, yeah. so I've been trying to clean that up over the past year I've been trying to really differentiate um that with myself and stick heavily to romance for my name all right then well we're gonna move to cruel which is the necrosis of the mind duet and I just want to say these titles bro like the the series title I was like this is some I was like oh this is nice I like this again but it doesn't really work on the romance market I, don't even care. I was like but it does for me I was like oh god this is gonna be hot I know it I feel it so I so I, I literally just so I wanted to have freshly read it so I just read it like a week ago and I've been biting chomping. You probably know it better than me right now then. <laughs> I am like chomping at the bit. I'm like, lady, we got to talk. So I'm like dubbing you the queen of twists because this book, my God, I was literally like pacing my house. My husband is, I'm the worst for it. So he works night shift, right? So I sometimes like stay up late when he has to, to like sleep the next morning, right? And mm -hmm. I, I stayed up to like 4 a.m. binging this book. And he oh my God. <laughs> is playing Call of Duty. And I'm like very much so a verbal reader. So like if something happens, I'm like, oh, no, they fucking didn't. Like I'm very like <laughs> verbal about it. And I'm like pacing the house. Like I'm having to like put my Kindle down and be like, I can't breathe right now. There's too much shit going on. I can't deal with it. He's like, what's wrong with you? And like I give him like a short synopsis of what's going on. And he's like, what the fuck are you reading, <laughs> And I'm like, don't even worry about it. All you need to know is shit has hit the fan and it's it's crazy. So this is Blake and Alex's story. And I loved that this was almost a, kind of like a role reversal in, I think in standard typical psychological thriller where Blakely, um, 
is like a born psychopath and she's a female. And I was like, oh yeah, women empowerment. I mean, I'm probably not empowering the right thing, but like, yes, for women empowerment, right? Women empower CEOs. They're all over the place. (laughs) Right. And I was like, and Alex is kind of on a quest to cure her due to like past transgressions, which I'm not going to spill, but also turned out to be a little, uh, loony up in the head too so like where like when did this idea come to you like where you were like oh I want to do her as this kind of like like this plot I feel like is so unique like I don't even know how you market it because it's so unique me and you both (laughs) I've been trying I, I don't know like I have the same I have I'm really bad at advertising and marketing um like I said I let things when I'm writing a book I it gets away from me. So, um, you know, once I get in there and I get invested and I get absorbed in the story and I want to take it somewhere, um, thinking about where I'm going to put it kind of just leaves my brain. Um, yeah. And then I, by the, by the end, I kind of have to pull it back in and be like, okay, it's romance, you know, get back yeah, to yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. This is, this is going to be the death of my career. I'm sure eventually, <laughs> but um, Listen, I'll keep buying them. If you only have, I mean, I'll be, I'll be here. Because I, I love them. <laughs> I love, I genuinely enjoy because it's very, very hard to find books where it combines my love of, because I also have, like, I have like five, three different shelves right here and they're all mm-hmm. categorized into things I like. And so like, I very much so love psychological thrillers without romance, like just genuine thrillers and like Stephen King. Yeah, I do too. That's what I actually prefer. That's what I read. Yeah. And it's so hard. I feel like to, I, to find books where it it combines them on like a very real scale, like not just a little bit of psychological thriller where he's kind of crazy. These books, like I'm actually, I feel like my heart's racing. I'm like, (laughs) and then there's makeout sessions and I'm like, this is amazing. This is so fun. I always save those for last year in edits. So that's when I have to go in and like flush it all, literally like, you know, flush it all out. And I don't know. Like those are the hard parts. I think it's great. I mean, I just think, and I know that there are other people like me who are like, this shit's amazing. This is amazing. It's like (laughs) criminal minds, but like sexy. Okay. So for the twists and turns and you're a pantser. So like, is it hard keeping everything together? Like, do you have moments where you're like, Holy shit, yeah. this does not add up. So I have, the, like, I know we're on the podcast so that, that this probably won't be shown, but I have folders, like, like little journals like this all yeah. over my house. Like, it's so bad. Um, I have one, I have, like, two by my bed. I have three in the loft. I have one down here on my couch. So basically, I, because I, I run, I have a day job, too. So I run a crew of um, pool techs. Okay. Uh, during the day and uh, my assistant actually is in my dungeon right now she's working she's handling the phone dungeon. oh my god yeah. <laughs> that's right that's what I tell her she works she works in the dungeon so I can write books I <laughs> no, love she, it I love she's it a godsend. her name is Megan she's she's fantastic um she does a lot of the hard work during the day for me with the um with the pool company so that way I can focus on writing so I couldn't yeah. do it without her um, but basically what I do is um, I will be working on an email or folding clothes or doing something and in my subconscious, it will be working the things out. And all of yeah. a sudden, like the idea will pop up and I'll be like, oh my God, that's totally a connection. And then I'll go jot the connection down. And like half the time I can't understand it because my handwriting is like so bad. Oh, my handwriting is I get you. It's, it's terrible. But I mean, I don't know. So like I said, for the most part, um, when I'm first writing the book, it's very bare bones. I just want to get that overall arc accomplished. Yeah. I know there's a there's a beginning, a middle, and an end where it can feasibly will kind of make sense. Yeah. Um, then I start layering um, the bigger connections. Like when I'm working on actually um, 
marriage and malice because I'm actually, I have. Hold up, he froze real quick. It was like, I don't know if you can hear me, but you froze. I don't know if I'm frozen. All right. So, um, yeah, basically uh, what I do is, um, like I'm saying, I just fill out the arc, do the whole story once over. And then as I'm getting to the end of the book, things start coming to me. Like I'll write a scene. Like I said, I was, I'm heavily editing Marriage and Malice right now. Yeah. Um, and there was a scene that I had the masquerade bar or a masquerade ball where the characters run into these other characters and they're talking to them. I'm like, who are these people? I have no, why the fuck are you even in my story? I'm like, I have, no, <laughs> I don't even know why these characters just suddenly came in and started talking. But by the time I got to the end of the book, I was like, oh, I know what I can do with them. And so then yeah. I go back and I'm like these little stick figures that are just walking around doing nothing. I don't even know why you're here. I give them a personality and I give them they're part of the, the Venetian mafia. Um, now yeah. they have story art. Now they have character. Um, you know, now they have personality. And not only that, now they have a purpose. Now there's a motivation for why they're talking with the character. And here's what I'm going to do with the twist at the end that's going to involve da, 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 da. So it kind of just takes on its whole life. And my brain just kind of goes, you know, oh, we can make all these connections. So a lot of times I will write something at the beginning of the book that I have no idea, but I'm really bad about not wanting to delete things. Like other authors are much better about, oh, this doesn't fit in the story. We need to take that out. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, and I should, but I'm like, no, but I spent all that time writing it. I'm a really slow writer. So I'm going to make it work. So I will create connections out of nothing just to keep it. I know. I can feel you. I literally, I see. So for me, so when you're talking about like finishing it, so you have like the beginning, middle and end, my first draft, I literally just write what feels good. Right. So like if my first chapter is only 500 words and the second chapter is like 6,000, I'm just rolling with it until the entire book is done. And then I go back and I'll heavily edit things. Right. So that I you know shift things around. But I think it's like a sense of accomplishment that I need to like spur me on. Like if I don't do that and I have to like drag out like self editing and fixing things as I go, I will have a mental, I won't finish a book. I will never finish a book ever. No, that's why it took me a very long time to write a lot of books because I would constantly go back and edit and constantly and I would never get to the end. So I've had to, what I've started doing, and I actually just started doing this, actually, it was by Elena Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, I've been reading a lot of her books. She has a lot of good recommendations. She's fierce, dude. Like she yeah. writes 50 books a year or something. And I'm like, how does she, I can't even write through. Like what the I hell? Oh, pass the fuck out. Oh my gosh, she's phenomenal. But she says she does it. She sets her timer on her phone and she, for 20 minutes. And she's like, I give myself 20 minutes and I write. I give myself, and I'm like, this is never going to work for me. Like sprint writing. Uh, sprint writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to sprint with other authors and it never worked with me, but I think that was because I was involving other people. And yeah. It was too much pressure. And, and I, I would write things that I didn't like later. So I just, I never liked it. But I set my timer on my phone now for 20 minutes. That allows me, because like I said, I also have a day job. And a lot of times, like I will be in my document writing 
and my phone will light up or I'll see an yeah. email. Come in. it, it, it doesn't even have to be something I'm paying attention to. If it's there, you're already, and I never get to fully submerge into the scene yeah. because I'm always just one email or one, you know, text message or phone call away from being dragged out of it. Yeah. So by setting that timer for 20 minutes, flipping my phone over, going completely in there, it allows my brain to completely just focus on the story for 20 minutes. And before I know it, I have 600 words written. And I'm like, for me, that's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It used to take me like two hours to get like 200 words or something. So that has changed the way I write completely this year. Well, I love that. Um, I, I like sprint running with people because I'm a competitive person and I see if they have more words than me, I'm like, oh, I got to write more than you. <laughs> so it like, it gets my brain like forcing it to kind of like, com like competing is like what fuels me. So like it works. And sometimes I'll compete with myself, but it, it works. Um, so speaking of Marriage and Malice, which is the new book that you have coming up, what can readers expect from this new novel in your Underground King series? But... <laughs> all righty uh, it's spicy uh, i'm here for it um i felt like you know my readers and you know they, they they've put up with a lot for me but honestly i wrote this book in answer to a book that i wrote last year during the pandemic when i was here by myself and working and i was running a company and we were like on the brink and everything was chaos for everybody yeah it was really hard for when we were building a house during the middle of the pandemic i was trying to run a company and this is before I had Megan, um, who mm -hmm. basically like pulled me out of the, the trenches. <laughs> um, so, I mean, during that time, I was just in like, normally I'm in a dark space because that's where I write from and I'm usually okay, but I was in a really dark space. Um, and I had um, a compilation or a, a multi-author release to do. And yeah. I wrote um, a book. I, I should have probably just contacted Janika and just said, I can't make this deadline. I'm so sorry. I need to pass because there's so much shit going on. Um, yeah. But I'm the same way. Like, I feel bad not meeting my deadlines. I feel bad yeah. letting people down. So I said, no matter what, if this is the only book I release, I'm going to keep this promise. And I shouldn't have. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote The Other Girl, and it was written and released on the romance market along with other authors who were releasing romances and yeah. I gave it to romance readers and I said here you go here's a psychological thriller and they're um, like no, think, right and they're like no thank you and I'm like you're right you're right I was wrong I'm sorry I dressed yeah. a psychological thriller up and said it was a romance and that was wrong so I feel like I let a lot of readers down during that time it was supposed to be a bully romance and that's not what it was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should never be allowed yeah like I, I'm not allowed to touch bully romance trope okay no never. <laughs> Don't ever say, hey, Trish, you want to write it? No, no, this girl does not want to write a bully romance. No, thanks. Um, so not to say that it's not great and phenomenal. It's yeah. just, it's something I, I'm not, I'm not allowed to do it. So um, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do it. I'm not allowed. <laughs> I, I just, I can't stick with the plan. Um, so basically, yeah, I handed them a psychological thriller. Um, they weren't impressed. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. So this one you know, Janique invited me back to do mafia romance. And I'm like, well, this is more my speed. I've never actually thought of writing a mafia romance, but most gangsters can be psychopaths. We can probably do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most gangsters are psychopaths. We can do it. Yeah, you gotta be kind of psycho a little bit up there. So I kind of like, I you know, rolled it around in my brain. I'm like, yeah, I could totally do this. And I did some research on it. And I'm like, no, not too heavy in the research. Back off, back off. They don't need yeah. to know everything about the fucking mafia. No one That's gives a me. shit. 
all right? <laughs> We're not going to break it down into hierarchies. No, 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 stop it. So um, I did a lot of wrist slapping on this one and I, and I feel I took both the characters and I'm like, okay guys, here's what we're gonna do. This is gonna be hot and it's gonna be smoking. Yeah. Get on the screen and do your thing. And actually, and it worked. And I'm really happy all the way through. There was places where I'm like, I could do a twist. No, I could, no, it's a no, <laughs> no, do not do that. Um, so yeah. Not romance <laughs> all right so i'm super excited to read it i can't wait um we are going to also i will say though there are some bully romances where they're definitely psychos like the guys are definitely psychos so i think <laughs> you definitely could do it i died there are definite times where i was like listen i'm saying right now if grayson would have went a different direction we could have been doing an adult bully romance <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah there's a lot of stuff really dark coming out on the market like i just recently got onto tiktok and i'm like wow there's oh, yeah. some dark shit out there have you read lords of pain <laughs> i have not it's on my list it's not oh bro that's a whole group of them everybody yeah everybody raves about that it's on my list i got that i just started reading um apathy by k.r oh, reed have you read that one like i'm not i'm about 35 percent in but i'm like yeah it's almost like a fear street type thing going on if you like yeah, fear street good. on Netflix, like i don't know how it's going to end yet but I, i'm liking that so there's a lot of things like i've found on um tiktok that i'm like yeah i like this i'm gonna shit. just like <laughs> shamefully like pimp myself real quick so i just released a book that's like spooky like that and it has like a mystery murder thing going on with like four sides yes. it's not a reverse harem it's a i have to like keep telling people that it does have four guys in it but they each get their own book um and it is like super spooky. So like that's yeah. more my speed, honestly. Like the whole reverse harem thing. Like I have read some, but like it's it's a little overwhelming for me. But I I, I like that kind of pace of it. Yeah. So definitely. Well, congratulations. When is it released? It's already really it released in September. It's released now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. if you definitely don't have anything to read, you can totally check it out if you want to. Send it um, to me. Yeah, I send it. We will. Um, I definitely will. I will send it if you just like email me. Uh, your thank you, Obama Jigger. I'll send it to you. Um, but we're going to shift to writing questions. So when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer slash author? I remember the day, um, I was, I think I was 13, 14 years old. And, um, I'd always read always like whatever, but, um, I started reading, um, Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Oh, and I remember, I know. And I remember I was like, God, I was, I was like I said, I was 13 or 14. I was in middle school. And I just remember I was like reading the book and I looked up in the sky and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I'm like this feeling right here that I feel that has just like changed my whole outlook on life. I want to make people feel this. Yeah. And I've been trying to make people feel that ever since. That's literally how I felt when I read the Dead Poet Society. Uh, yeah. Not what I write at all, like not even close, but still same feeling, same like warm, right. fuzzy feeling I got. So yeah. I get it. Um, do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you sit down to write, like you have to be like eating Twizzlers or like wearing a pair of socks? Nope. Um, I, I, I actually really don't. I mean, I'm just, other than the fact that like, I'm always trying to write. Um, I feel like yeah. from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, I'm constantly thinking about getting the words, getting the words, um, mm -hmm. just trying to find time to, to get in everything. That's constantly, every single day, I just spend trying to get the words, um, but no weird quirks though okay well, i mean i mean honestly like not a lot of people do have weird quirks and then that makes me just feel left out i'm like <laughs> what's yours i'm extra i feel like what's i'm so true? extra um so i have to have like a preset routine mostly just because i have like 
like I have AD, like my ADHD and my anxiety makes me do that. Like it works better if I wake up at the same time. And if I have started a book and I started eating eggs and bacon for breakfast at the beginning of the book, then eggs and bacon until it's done. Um, and so like, if I do this, like, I swear to God, I'm not even joking you. Um, I, so like eat eggs and bacon and then I'll have my coffee and I'll watch like a YouTube video, but I have to do like the same thing. And then I put on a hoodie, like the hoodie I start the book in is the hoodie I finish the book in and I can only write. I wash it, but it's the only one I can write in, but it's almost like I put it on and it's like, all right, into we go. Like we're in a, a no, I like that. No, it, I like that. It's very OCD though. Oh, God, no, yeah. I am OCD. I'm very, I'm, I'm weird about OCD things, but not, but not with the writing. But yeah. yeah, I like that though. Now that you put that in my head, it might get stuck though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should try it. I mean, it works for me. I feel like it's like tricking my brain into being like, all right, okay, this is the routine that we're in to start doing writing. And I don't know, it gets my creative juices flowing. I don't know, there's something about it. It's like, I'm putting on a writing armor. It's like this right. is my shield and I'm ready. But as soon as I'm done writing, I have to take it off or then it loses this power, it loses it. So I have to like <laughs> put it, it's like, it's like over here on my desk over here. It like stays over here. I wash it like every three days, but yeah, that's literally my life. That's what I do. Dude, I love it. Honestly, I feel so left out because everybody's always like, no, I don't have anything weird. Just sit down, right? And I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. I I drink a shit ton of coffee, iced coffee. If I don't have iced coffee, I'm calling my husband like, you motherfucker, you better bring me coffee. Yeah, (laughs) where is the iced coffee? I love coffee. Yeah, I live off of it. So uh, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Which I feel like. I'm so weird. There's nothing. I have no life. Honestly, I, I would probably, I, I read, um, I like to binge watch uh, shows, find new shows. Um, oh, I crochet a lot, so. Oh, I wish, I wish I could do that. My grandma used to do that and I wanted to like learn to like pass it down to my children, but I don't have the patience for that shit. It's like so I, I did it because I'm OCD um, and I, I literally like, sometimes like I do, I just get so worked up a lot especially like when it comes to like cleaning and i'm very ocd with like organization things so um i found out in the evenings when i'm trying to like decompress like if i just put on a show and i just start crocheting it really just helps me kind of like level out a little bit i really thought i was ocd when i because i've always done that like since high school so i was an athlete so i woke up i had like a milk i had like a protein shake i went for a run i came home i did a shower and i had to do that and if anybody like disturbed my routine i was a disaster i was like the whole day is fucking ruined now good job everybody so i thought that's why i decided I don't leave the pandemic pandemic was perfect for me I got to use an excuse like no bro I'm not going out there like, I'm staying home I'm not staying home I thought I was OCD but my daughter my therapist told me they're like no she's like no you're you have like anxiety and you hyper fixate on things that is what you have yeah and I was like you're right because there will be times like I'll crave like a food for like two weeks I'll hyper fixate on that food and that's the only food I'll eat for fucking two weeks and I'm never tired of it. And I feel so sorry for my husband because when like that happens, he obviously has to eat it with me or like has to get something else. So if I'm wanting like pizza with like pineapple on it, I'll eat it for like two weeks. And he's like, oh my God, if I ever see another slice of pizza with pineapple on it again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna riot. So I'm gonna Are you sure it's a little OCD? That sounds a little OCD. I don't, I don't think so because I'm a very like messy person in everything else. Like, I mean- I don't know. I mean, I guess there are like different standards of OCD. Yeah, there are there's different like, things. Like, like that cleaning, organizing thing, it doesn't have to be a part mm-hmm. of it obsessive. Could be. Obsessive is really, is, is, 
I think about it as the obsessive part. Yeah. Um, if you can get fixated on something and you can't do, cause I can do that. I can get pretty fixated, especially like with when I'm writing a story and I can't move past something. Yeah. So. I mean, I probably I might do, I don't know. I have like a whole slew of mental illnesses. I just add it. <laughs> I don't even so. I like psychology. It's always the ones with the issues. Oh yeah, I have so many issues. It's insane, but it's okay because I've self dealt with my my trauma and my like I'm very self aware of it, right? So like when I know when it's happening, I've always been very self aware of the things that. That's why I don't have social anxiety because where I'm so so I'm like self aware of like okay, do not freak yourself the fuck out right now. You're fine. And so. I don't know. I probably do have it. It's probably something that needs to be thrown in there. I'm not sure. Um, but what is the weirdest thing that you've ever had to Google for a book? And I feel like this is going to be a cool answer because I feel like you've wrote some pretty uh, crazy shit. Ooh, let's see. Over the past um, <laughs> lifetime, I think, I don't know, off the top of my head, probably, like I said, I own a pool company. So, um, you know, I, ha I have to know about different reagents and acids. Yeah. So, of course, I know about oh, yeah. muratic acid. So, but, you know, I didn't know how long it would take muratic acid to dissolve a body, you know? Yeah, so there's how been- How long is it? Um, I think about, they said like in concentrated doses, it's like three to four days that the bones won't dissolve. So I had to find ways to combine that with other things and also suspend disbelieve, you know, your-, yeah. your you know, because it's fiction. It's like, come yeah, on. exactly. Yeah. So, um, to work that into like Born Darkly, um, or actually, it was, what was it? Born Map. That was the one. Yeah. Um, and then today, actually, out of nowhere, because it's more recent, as I'm editing Marriage and Malice, um, I had to research on what's the best flaying knife. Oh, know? yeah. See, I get you. Yeah. Because my husband. Her, like has to, has to, you know, flay yeah. some stuff off a victim. So, you know. I'm telling you, I literally, there are some things that Google does not have the answer for. And so this new series that I'm writing is like super dark and like they do some sketchy ass shit and Google doesn't have answers for some sketchy ass shit. So I have yeah. these guy friends I've been friends with since I was in like kindergarten. And then I have my husband and he like hunts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, if you were going to skin a deer, like what knife would you use for that? I was like, and he's like, why do you need to know? And I'm like, cause I feel like if you could skin a deer with it, you could skin a human being with it. And he's like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you or like i'll message the guys and i named the chat how to get away with murder slash a thousand ways to die. and i'll like message them and be like what's the best way to like blow up a house and like not get caught and they're like giving me like detailed answers I'm like this is fantastic now the fbi is not going to know that i'm like trying to kill people so it's like you've explained it you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. Or, or you can put it in your Google search, like, you know, how do we, how do you dissolve a body for a book, for book research? For a like, book. So oh my God, I never thought about saying for a book. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I actually, that my, I had friends, I don't know why we got on this topic of like killing people or whatever, but I had this friend and he was like, oh, the best way to kill somebody is like to dissolve their body in high hydrochloric acid. And I was like, but you got to put it in plastic. Like you can't put it in your bathtub. Like that's the thing. Like you got to put it in like a plastic container. And he's like, why and I was like because it'll burn why breaking bad yeah you know? have you not watched the tv right. show like it'll burn through that shit bro like right. but 
Yeah, so like we had this whole argument. He was like, "There's no fucking way that it can burn through a bath. It can burn through a bathtub, but it won't burn through plastic." And I'm like, my husband oh, again, owning a pool company, like said the same thing. We watched that scene. He's like, "It wouldn't do that." <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, "Chemistry, dude, chemistry." <laughs> um, all right. So shifting to uh, Halloween, I only have like one Halloween fucking question on here because I couldn't, for the life of me, I could not figure out how to tie these two things to fucking together, which is shitty because it's like my favorite holiday. But whatever. Um, so. What is your favorite book cover? This can be yours or somebody else's. Actually, my favorite one um, is one that um, I'm probably gonna butcher her name. I'm so sorry, I'm horrible with names, but my cover artist, Nara, Nara is the way I pronounce her name. It's yeah. probably wrong, but she's brilliant. She's done all my covers for years, but I have a new series that's gonna be um, a trilogy right now, three books in the making that's releasing. It's called Lovely Bad Things. Okay. Is, um, the first book, uh, Lovely, oh gosh, I can't remember the second name of it. It's uh, Lovely Wicked Things and Lovely Violent Things. Um, is the trilogy that I have for 2022. And actually, I can't wait to share these covers because she nailed them. Oh my God. Like if there are covers that I ever wanted, I kind of just told her, look, go for the covers of my heart. I know we're going to try to, we're going to try to sell them on the romance market. I don't know if they're going to work. We're probably going to change them later. But for right now, like I really got to do something that I feel passionate about. And Mm -hmm. she created these covers and she went inside my head and she pulled out the image. And I'm like, this is this is fucking phenomenal. Oh my God, now I want to see them. Oh my God, I'm going to have to wait so, for I'll send you, I'll send you. In, in, I'll in, literally cry my eyes out if you do, I'm not joking. So is it also like psycho, is it psychological romance? It is. It's um dark psychological thriller. Again, Um, I have, again, because when I start writing a book, it's very, uh, I don't have a big plot, you know, nothing yeah. planned out. But right now, um, my main character, the girl right now is, probably going to be like she's a little bit kind of a mix like fox molder like think of like x files like she investigates oh. like these creepy kind of weird off the wall things that nobody else wants to do I'm she's kind of and she partners up with um a psychopath who's in a mental ward so she basically goes and like talks and kind of think about like silence of the lamb type thing um, oh you know, this is a vibe right oh, yes. you're kind of mixing silence of the lambs with x files and like they make a baby and that's what this book is going to be i'm so excited i'm so excited now i'm excited for books that aren't going to come out until fucking 2000 and whenever <laughs> so, so excited can't wait though all right so what attracts you to a book like the cover the blurb recommendations for others the title what is it right now well typically um it used to be the blurb or who the author was, but right now I'm telling you, like authors are slaying covers out there. They're like oh, yeah. not holding back. Like the whole like thing about like, I mean, no offense, like some covers, you know, with dudes and shirtless dudes and stuff like, yeah. you know, like, but those never really kind of did it for me. Um, and the authors now they're like, hey, we're going to get around, you know, all these things with Amazon and they're just creating these amazing, beautiful, dark covers. And if I see one of these covers on there, just like Apathy, the cover for Apathy just drew me in. I'm like, that shit looks intense. I'm going to go check that out. Um, So yeah, the cover usually draws me in first. um, And then I don't like reading um, the blurbs just because like, I'm really bad. Like I want to be really surprised. Yeah. So even though I know how something's really going to kind of end, you know, if it's a romance or a psychological thriller, I kind of know, but I don't want to have any kind of idea. Like I like going in blind. 
oh yeah i'm here for that i also like doing that sometimes I'm like i love yeah that and the cover thing i love that people are on that train because not that i don't because i have shirtless guys on like my hockey series but for this dark romance one i was like i don't want to put people on this fucking cover so i right. fucking didn't and uh i love that everybody's like on board with like the really like dark but pretty vibe thing because i was like this thing's gonna be great everybody's gonna love this I was like, right. Oh, I was oh like, I'm gonna go check it out. I didn't see it. You said it released. Um, yeah, this month in September. Or yeah, it's called the Lies We Steal. Oh, we're already freaking a month out. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Story of my life. It's called the Lies We Steal. And the Lies We Steal. Nice. I like it. I love it. It's very pretty. Um, but it's like probably my favorite cover today. It's beautiful. Oh wait, shit. What am I doing? I have it right here. Yeah, right but- oh oh my god a skull oh dude that is gorgeous i yeah. love it i see i would see that honestly and i'd be like yeah fuck it i'm gonna see what that's about i, I love it. it it's my fave it's my it's my favorite but like so many people were like is it fantasy or is it like paranormal which i feel like a lot of people who do covers like that run into that problem where right. it's like oh is it like ghosts and i'm like no i wish like if i wasn't under like if i go under a different pin name i might do it <laughs> not right now um yeah, we're so- our lesson about john or hopping yeah, yeah I know. Do it. <laughs> dark, dark psychological thriller bully romance is about as far as I'm gonna be able to push the wrong envelope before I have to switch my pen name. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. I was midway. I was like, I was like, after I finished this book, I think like my first edit, I like messaged my uh, copy editor, and I was like, "What if I made it PNR?" And she's like, "I will fucking kill you." She was like, "Do not do that." And I was like, "Oh, but you know how'd be cool if I could like weave a ghost in here?" And she's like, "I will kill you. Do not do that." And I was like, "Fine, fine, fine, whatever. I won't do it." Anywho, so what are some of your favorite authors to read? Um, off the top of my head, Andrew Maine. He is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to read a thriller and you just want to read about the plot. I mean, his characters are fucking phenomenal too, but you want something that's not going to get dragged down in the details, something that's just going to give it to you, give it to you, give it to you, read Andrew Nate. He is by far um, right now my favorite author. So I have a joke in my reader's group when every time he releases a book, I'm like, oh, my boyfriend released a book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about Stephen King, even though he's like freaking... He's, oh my God, he's getting up there. He's like seven <laughs> something, but it's fine. Uh, he's my husband in my head. <laughs> so I totally understand. Um, all right. So what is your favorite spooky read? It could be something you've read recently or like all time favorite spooky read. Doesn't have to always be romance or if it's romance bonus points. Yeah, I guess that's hard. I mean, I guess I'd have to get back to Anne Rice, probably the Vampire Chronicles. Those, those probably okay. always be, they're, they're what did it for me the first time. So they'll probably always be my number one spooky ring all right so um now we're gonna move to trope questions this is our this is my favorite portion because i love these questions um so what is your favorite trope to write and why it can be as specific or non-specific as you'd like if we're talking romance trope probably enemies to lovers even when i was writing dark fantasy and young adult because that's kind of where i originated from early yeah. in my career i always loved the enemies love it. I love taking two characters that just hated each other. They just had it in for each other. We're going to kill each other and then making them kiss on the screen. So yeah, we love <laughs> each other now. I love it. Okay. Put your hands together. Enemies to lovers is not, I, I can never get enough of it. I don't even give a shit. How, I don't care if it takes over the entire romance world and they never write another different book. I will read them. I don't care. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally do that. Yeah. So good. So what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? 
Um, I don't know about tropes, but um, probably eventually um, I did try to, I, I dipped my toes into writing just psychological thrillers when I wrote Lotus Effect. Um, yeah. Beautiful cover for that, by the way. Beautiful cover. Thank you. And I really, I enjoyed it. It was heavily focused on the mystery. There is some romance there, but it's definitely in the background. Like if you remove yeah. the romance, the book wouldn't change. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's there, but I, I really enjoyed writing it. It's definitely not on the darker side. Anybody can read it. Um, but I would definitely probably like to start a pen name and start writing some psychological thrillers. Like I want, I want to see what I could do if I can just focus on that. Well, make sure you let me know what the hell the name is because. <laughs> well, with as slow as I write, it might be in another 10 years. <laughs> well, I'll be here. I'll be here. I mean, you know, like if I don't die, but you know, like I'll attempt to be here. Um, if everything goes well, I'll be here. Um, <laughs> That's the plan. We're going to gonna try <laughs> yeah exactly so what is one trope you'll never write and why cheating babies stevie's favorite trope and we joke all the time i think the reason podcasts work so well is because we're very like opposite of each other when it comes to our reading tastes like stevie does not read like dark romance like dark thrillers. Really? no she doesn't she is not like she's read a few that I've recommended and she's like, yeah, I like them. It's just not my jam. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's how I feel about surprise baby, which is yeah. her favorite yeah. trope, bro. It's her favorite one. And I just know. Know. like it's, it's, you're introducing a kid, you know, it's I like, can't. Can't. There's just I, really about it. I don't want to hear about babies running around. Yeah. You know? Like I, I want to be in a fantasy world where shit's like cool. I know, right? <laughs> I, we genuinely are the complete opposite of each other. And she'll like try to recommend books. She'll like recommend books to me. And I'm like, Stevie, is this a surprise baby? And she's like, it's a piece of the plot. It's not the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm on God, I'm not reading it. I just don't, I did. I mean, I like really heavy angsty contemporary books. Like I will not read just like a fluff book. Like if there is nothing that happens, like if there's something traumatizing that happens to these characters, I don't want it. Okay. I do not want to read it. So I'll read like Candy Steiner, for example, I think is a good example for me. She's one of those authors I'll read because I really like the angst that she puts in it. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I just need, I need more. Like I need somebody that's like getting murdered or like a, <laughs> like I need like a real issue that we're dealing with that causes like turmoil. Okay. I need something crazy. No, I, I'm with you there completely. Keep me focused, I think. But yeah, I, I would, Stevie would be like, damn, that's another one. But it's always that we always come on here and it's either the author's favorite trope is secret baby or their least favorite trope is secret baby. And it's I'm very polarizing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're either, you're either for it or not. You can't just be eh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's why I am with cheating too. Like, honestly, like if I'm reading a book and I don't care, I don't care if you say this is the heroine and this is the hero. Yeah. And I don't care if they've met on screen or on page yet. If that yeah. hero is getting a blowjob or he's fucking someone before, it's like, dude, you've already killed it for me. Yeah. Like, I'll probably still read the book and eventually, you know, and I've had this happen before. Um, actually, Sophie Lark, she's an amazing um, author. She writes um, dark mafia romance. Yeah. Um, I love her books. And um, she did do it in one scene. I was like, ah, and I was like, I was like, like but I kept reading and I kept reading and, you know, it redeemed itself. You know, she, she did it in a way that didn't totally kill me. Like just like, yeah. leave me, like, you know, angry in a puddle about it. But a lot of times um, with some books, like if that happens right off the rip, like I'll put them down. I'm like, dude, I'm here to suspend my reality. I do not want to be in a world with cheating motherfuckers. 
I so, get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you though. I'll pick up cheating books just like yeah. that's, that's the trope. <laughs> like, okay, like for example, I don't think that I like. I don't. It doesn't really bother me. Like, I guess so, but it's weird for me for somebody who has had as most as much childhood trauma as I have. But I don't have any triggers. I think it's because I'm like desynthesized to everything. But like, I like if it happens in a book, like it's just a random plot point. I'm like, oh, I feel like that was unnecessary. Ick. but if like the whole marketing strategy is like a cheating romance i'm like i might pick you know i'm gonna pick it yeah, up. yeah if that's the whole thing that the plot's in, it's like misunderstanding yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mis- i'm gonna be like can't be that. No. i'm gonna pick it up i'm gonna read it because i might crop you know because i yeah. like the angst portion of it but I, I don't yuck anybody's yum i literally have tried everything everything <laughs> so i cannot yeah, even study I don't I I can't like I've literally read like everything like I'm a garbage disposal of like having read things so it's fine I read the blue aliens not bad not bad I I haven't I'm a slow reader I'm a slow writer I haven't even made it that far yet so they're not bad I mean yeah it reminds me of like have you watched avatar with the blue yeah yeah that was in my head like the whole time i was like i'm kind of here for it because i think jake sully's kind of hot as well they are they're sexy yeah Yeah. i'm like i'm all right right." that's what i was imagining in my head so i was like this is nice i kind of like it you know like whatever um so if you were in a book what is a trope that you would want for your story oh god i don't even know vacation vacation I think my husband and I have like had a day off since we started this company for like 12 years. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, vacation trope. <laughs> I'm here for it. So like yeah. on a vacation falls in love with a random stranger in like Italy or something. We're having- I just want to go lock myself in a hotel room somewhere. A very nice, like OCD prepared. OCD <laughs> prepared. <hotel room. laughs> just like write for a week. Like I just want to see what would happen. Like if I could just lock myself away and write for a week and to see like, you know, what kind of crazy would happen? Like how immersed I could go in the story. Like, okay. I feel like I could do some damage. I'm here for it. So if that ever happens, I'm ready. All right. So <laughs> that is the last question that I have for you, but you've been fantastic. And I'm going to leave a few minutes here for you to talk about if you have a new release out or a sale coming up or anything of that nature and to let our listeners know where to find you. And the floor is yours. Okay. Uh, MJ, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. It has Thanks. been my pleasure to talk with you and get to talk about books and uh quirks and all kinds of different things um thank you so much um give stevie my love i'm so sorry she's still sick um you know just take care of her um what i have um on the pipe right now i guess or down the pike um marriage and malice i guess my first dark mafia romance um is releasing on october 27th um, I'm currently editing it. Um, arcs go out um, hopefully next week, um, week and a half. Um, other than that, I plan to release Malady. Um, I have been working on that, um, not as heavily while I've been um, writing this book and trying to hold my commitments together. Yeah. Uh, is planned to release in December. Um, if I do not get it completely edited and ready to go by December, it will be uh, 2022 early i'm still excited still here for it oh my god that's kind of early i'm here for it i'm excited i wasn't expecting you to say that i was like ah i don't be honest well, with you. I, I, mean, I have a lot of it written right now it's just i mean honestly like i'm really bad um when it comes to deadlines so i knew i had to focus on marriage and malice because i wanted to do a yeah. really good job with this book so i had to put everything into it so i kind of had to sideline it um and honestly this duet should have been finished a while ago but again 2020 happened and it kind of yeah blew everything up um so a lot of things got back burnered so i'm still trying to make it up with this duet but i don't want to hurry and rush it 
and toss it out there just to get it done. Like I want to do it justice. I would rather wait. I would rather wait. So it's fine. I'll be honest with you. I thought the title was my lady when I first saw it, like, you know, like my lady, I was like, I was like, what is this? So then I looked it up and I was like, oh shit, I'm an idiot. Like, you know what that fucking word means. You (laughs) Oh, you are literally so dumb. You literally went to school for this shit. Like you have literally heard this term before. But I literally was like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's like my lady. And I was like, how the fuck does this tie into this? That's what I do with names though. I can't say other authors' names. I can't say anybody's names. I just butcher it about. No, it's totally okay. But uh, thank you so much for joining me slash us, Spirit Stevie's here in spirit. Um, and mm-hmm. we really appreciate it. And I literally love you and you have been fantastic. And we hope that we're going to be able to chat again with you soon. Thank you, MJ. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay.